Welcome to SEC Football Live, recapping the college football playoff national championship semifinals and the end of an era, both the four-team era, uh, both the and, and the SEC season as well. His name is Michael Bratton. My name is Braden Gall. Get into the comments, everybody. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been together. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. The Festivus for the rest of us. The feats of strength and the airing of grievances. We are here for all of it. Alabama season is over. Um, I have I a lot of grievances. <laughs> Mostly about Tommy Reese. And oh, what the God, hell was you... that play call? Uh, well, I think it was, I think the center uh, snap exchange for Alabama is probably something they need to work on in the off season. And I'm not sure that's Tommy Reese's fault. Uh, mm-hmm. So today on the show, we're going to have a lot of stuff to discuss today on the show. Yes. The Nico hype train will be unbearable and out of control all offseason long. Also, Garrett Nussmeyer, how did he perform for LSU? Signs of growth for the LSU Tigers. Uh, looking at Missouri's win. Is it, win, though? Is it? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, sir. Uh, offseason hype for some quarterbacks, of course, that played in bowl games. Missouri and Ole Miss clearly feel like they're going for it. So we'll take a look at some tiers in 2024 uh, as well. I think Georgia, we've got to talk about Georgia as well. Uh, and, of course, we'll discuss Alabama's loss in the Rose Bowl to the Michigan Wolverines. Now, so a lot of stuff to get to today on the show. If you want to jump into the comments and you have questions, please, please, please uh, come on in. We, we got you covered here. Um, head on over to the 440 Sports YouTube page. That's 440 Sports. We have a shit ton of SEC football content for you over there. We did a deep dive uh, into the, the history of Texas football, for example. We're going to do a lot of that stuff this offseason where I'm going to get guests and we're going to sort of take deep dives into individual topics around the SEC. So come on over to 440 Sports and give us, of course, please give us a subscription over there. We would really appreciate that. Uh, and, of course, you can follow Michael all over the uh, the Internet, uh, SEC Mike. He's everywhere. So. I really liked your interview with uh, Jeff. What's his name? Ketch- Ketchum. Ketchum. Yeah. Ketch- yeah. yeah. He, he's Thank a, you. He, I've never had him on. I've had Anwar Richardson from his show. But uh, Je- Jeff seems like a he's a he's a great follow. And that was a tremendous interview. Too bad it just didn't go his way there in the in the playoff. Th- th- thank you. Uh, Michael has now uh, fulfilled his entire calendar year's requirements of being nice to me in the first 10 minutes of the year. So I do appreciate that. No, we're going to do that kind of stuff all year long. We, we want to take off-season deep dives into players, coaches, programs, history. I, I want to understand the inner workings of all this stuff with all of you guys. So come on over, 44 Sports Zero, 440 Sports over there on the YouTube page. Um, I'm going to get think, to... I uh, think, sorry to cut you off here, but I think it's it's especially important, not that the other 14 are, but for Texas and Oklahoma, for, for some of us to... To, to get to know those programs, essentially. And for them to get to know us. Like, I think Texas knows about A&M. They know about Missouri. And they know about Arkansas. They've got a lot of history with those programs. Oklahoma, same thing. But how much do they really know about Tennessee, Florida? We, we, that's just, they, the, They've got those fans need to be brought into the fold as much as we need to bring, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. So it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think both programs are geared up for being competitive. We'll talk about the tiers of what 2024 might look like in, in the SEC. I think there's some clear tiers. Roll tiers. Best teams, uh, second best teams, third best teams, and Vanderbilt, you know. Um, but I want to start with Alabama because I'm going to make – I want to get your thoughts on the game because I think Alabama lost – like Michigan did not play its perfect its best game. Uh, but Alabama, to me, I think the reason Alabama lost the game is that they were Alabama. And I say that by saying – and I think you kind of said this all along – 
you were kind of right and kind of wrong. And I was kind of right and kind of wrong about this. Like Alabama is not as good as Alabama has been. This team is flawed. They don't protect the quarterback as well. They don't have Judy and Waddle and Cooper on the outside. They don't have Derrick Henry in the backfield. They don't have Dante Hightower at middle linebacker. They're not as loaded as they've been in the past. The quarterback had some limitations early in the year. He needed to be developed. I think you're right to, to, to mention Tommy Reese, and I'll let you go on that. But they kind of played their game, and they were the same Alabama team we saw all year, which was a little bit flawed relative to Alabama standards. And at the same time, they were still one play away from potentially playing in the national championship game. So I think you got to give credit to Saban for what he accomplished this season and the job he did getting this team to where they were. And, and honestly, just the setting, if you've never been to the Rose Bowl, that is as perfect a setting outside on grass uh, with the sun setting. It's just the, sta- the the stadium is filled with history and prestige. It is a spectacular place to watch a game. And uh, I just think Alabama was Alabama on Monday night and Michigan was better. And I, I think that's sort of the story on Alabama football this year. Don't you think? Well, safe to say, Braden, I'm as stunned as everybody else when I'm right on something. But, uh, yeah, Alabama, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about if I am a big Alabama fan. I don't know how I feel. We won the SEC, prevented Georgia from dominating the sport. I guess that's what they're going to hang their banner on. But it was a failed mission. Didn't win the national championship. Lost to Michigan. I don't think that Michigan team's that good. Maybe I'm just biased. but And I've only watched them like twice this year. But neither time did they truly impress me. That that felt like Alabama cost themselves with the with the snaps, with Tommy Reese, with Jalen Milrow having his worst game since Texas. It was like all the issues we had at the beginning of the year that I thought had been solved, they all reared their ugly head in the, the game that mattered. Now, maybe that's a credit to Michigan. Maybe. But you telling me, Braden, and I know you hate the SEC, but you're telling me if we put Georgia and Michigan on a neutral field today that Georgia's not going to whoop their ass? And I get it. Georgia lost a game that mattered, so they, they didn't deserve to be there. But they're they're better than Michigan. They're better than Washington, even though their quarterback will get to him, I, I assume. But he was incredible. I was very impressed with him. But, no, I mean, I – I don't. I just. I guess I'm just befuddled of what to make of this Alabama because it was. It just seemed like they played their C game here, and damn near won it, like you said. But just miscue after miscue, as Saban said it after the game, you know, it was basically like we held ourselves back, dominated on special teams, which that's that's an overlooked aspect of the game, but they absolutely dominated in that aspect. And if not for penalties, if not for bad snaps, if not for some errant throws. I think Alabama would have whooped the hell out of Michigan, and, and they probably should have. So you're saying Alabama, that was their C game. I would say that's sort of like their game. Like the, I, I agree that they made some more mistakes than usual, but what's been the talking point around Alabama for two years? Un, undisciplined, uh, too many penalties. I mean, the, 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 centers, the center, the snaps got to be fixed. That, that thing's got to be fixed. Um, I, I would say it's probably a B minus. It was a, probably a B minus Alabama game because, again, I think they had a chance to win. Michigan also, here's the other thing. That was not even close to Michigan's best game. So you have to give credit to Michigan here. That they, they also played a very sloppy game. They muffed two punts. They dropped passes. Like that Michigan outcoached this particular Alabama team. But I think it's because Michigan is actually just the better football team this year. And very rarely do I say it. If you listen to our shows last week, I picked Michigan to win outright. I switched my opinion. I went from Alabama to Michigan because I thought 
Alabama is sort of a, a flawed version of, of what they normally are, which is what they've been all season. And all the things that we saw all season, which is an offensive line that can't protect the quarterback, a receiving core that doesn't have superstar power like it used to, um, you know, middle linebacker w- was was completely confused for most of the game because Michigan's scheme was very good. But Michigan played a, a B-minus game, too. So you're so, telling me Michigan beats Georgia on a neutral field? No, that's not what I'm saying. We're going to get to that in a second. I, 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 And I said it all for three weeks I've said this. And mm-hmm. I, I've said it on every platform, on every show I have. And that is that the team that got screwed the most in the playoff was Georgia, not Florida State, not Ohio State. It was Georgia. And that I think Georgia is still the number one team. And people look at me like I'm crazy. And I don't give a shit about the Florida State score. That game is not the reason I think Georgia is the best team in the country. I think Georgia is the best team in the country based on the 13 games they played this year. And I so think they would have they would have won either one of the games. I think they would have won either playoff game in in had they been on in, in, in had they been in Alabama shoes, Michigan shoes, Washington shoes or Texas shoes, I think they would have won that game. The only team ironically mm-hmm. that I think would have truly pushed them around, it, not pushed them around but challenged them is is if they had played Washington because I think Penix is very CJ Stroud-esque and that receiving core is very Ohio State-esque. And I think that would have given Georgia some trouble, but I would have picked Georgia to win either of those two games on Monday night in if they'd replaced any of the four teams. So you're telling me Michigan would have beaten Nico? I don't think so. Right. I mean, again, Michigan. I watched Michigan play Iowa. They look like dog shit to me. I, I was impressed with uh, with Tennessee and how they looked against freaking. We're not talking Iowa. about that yet. Stop. Won a We're division title. I think I think Missouri could beat Michigan. Stop it. They whooped the hell out of Ohio State. Wore, I think it's, wore their ass down. it's it's okay to just say, look, every now and then, like every eight years, <laughs> like every eight years, there is one team that just builds to this moment and wins a national championship or gets over the hump or breaks through. And again, this is this is what it took. This is Michigan's best team in like 30 years. And this is Nick Saban's worst team at Alabama since 2007, statistically, based on the metrics. And that's the situation. And it took getting to the playoff two years in a row, now three years in a row for Michigan, getting beat two years in a row in different ways. I think the reason they won that game is their experience and their leadership and their and the and the coaching staff. And they won that game because they put their big point, they put their big boy pants on with five minutes to go, and they just acted like themselves again. And look, I think so, every now and then that happens. Every now and then that happens. Look at SH here. He says, "Hey, Bama fans, what's it feel like to lose to Michigan? Asking for us Georgia fans." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the true rivalry. I mean, after this defeat, it's just it's just Georgia fans Georgia going Bama. at it with uh, Alabama and claiming dominance, even though they de- they damn lost the game when they played. But uh, that's that's fandom right there. That's great. But, look, look, Georgia yeah, yeah, fans deserve. Point, Georgia to, fans should be pissed off. To your point, it's okay. It's okay to lose one. I'm not well, actually. It's not okay, but I can accept it. Because the SEC has dominated the BCS, they've dominated the 14 playoff, and we gave them like two out of ten. That I can live with that. I guess is what I. Should. I'm not fine with it, but I can live with it. That that's all it is, and it's happened. It happened when Miami was the most dominant dynasty in college football. Ohio State broke through in 2002. When USC was the most dominant dynasty in college football, Texas broke through in 05. Well, like when Ohio State broke through in 2014. When Alabama was dominating, Clemson broke through in 2016. Like it just it happens every now and then where another team puts all these pieces together and they kind of act like an SEC team for once. 
And then they have to build to that special moment. Like Michigan's going to have to replace everybody next year. Alabama is going to be even better next year. Like Alabama's, you have a true freshman left tackle, a true freshman safety. You got a quarterback coming back. Like they are going to be better than they were this year, next year. And it's going to be great when we go to a 12-team model and Greg Sankey gets his way and half the field is SEC because this is not going to happen. Because, we, I mean, Big Ten, I think, got exposed outside of this one game. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a – it's like a minor league football, in my opinion. Well, don't use bowl results because that's lazy, stupid shit. Don't use bowl results. Well, I don't have anything me. else to go – I mean, use the, regular, Big Ten. Use, use the regular season and say, look, these teams aren't that great. Washington, by the way, playing in the national championship game is a Big Ten team. I mean, they they have the Big Ten has two teams. They, did, they didn't beat an SEC, did they? No, but they've got two teams in the playoff. I mean, they got two teams. Yeah, Texas, technically. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I so, forgot about so, them already. But, but if you're going to count Texas as one, an SEC. They beat one yeah. SEC team. In the 12th well, team, they're going to have to beat two or three of them. They beat, a former, S- they beat a former SEC quarterback, Bo Nix, twice. Does that count? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, get half, they get half, half credit. Here's ultimately, I think, the the point for the 12-team playoff and for Georgia fans. And I think this is the only thing that would, like, get me to, I don't know, like, take comfort in this situation. Because, again, I was the one saying the morning of the play the playoff rankings that Georgia's the team that should be pissed, not Florida State. All this whining and crying for three weeks straight was the wrong team. It was Georgia that belonged in the playoff, not Florida State. Now, I don't know where they could have put them. I don't know where they maybe I don't know how you put them in over Alabama or Texas, and that's a different discussion. I don't know how you put them in, but they're the ones that were worthy. And I, if they if this was an eighteen playoff, it would have fixed itself, or a twelve team playoff, it would have fixed itself because Georgia would have they would have played Ole Miss or something in the first round, like the like the rankings would have indicated. They would have dominated like they did in Athens in the regular season. Then they would have gone on the road and probably had to play Michigan or Washington. In, in, in a, uh, actually, it would have been a neutral site game, I guess, against Michigan or, uh, you know, Texas or Alabama. Then they win. If they win that game, then they're playing Michigan or Washington in the championship game. And I, I would absolutely pick Georgia to win most of those games. So that's all right. That's the right call there, Braden. I'm trying Thank to you. see this. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> OK, this guy's saying that the ACC has got a winning record over the SEC in bowl games. I don't care about bowl games. They're Clemson. Not, they're not real. They're not real. Georgia beat Florida State. They're not real football games, guys. One to one is not a winning record. I, the, the, <laughs> I thought ACC had good academics. It, the, I, I guess they don't. I don't know why we need to even discuss the ACC because the committee showed us in their rankings that they don't believe that the ACC was they were the worst league of the five leagues. It was right. clearly the worst league. Well, let me ask uh, you this, Braden. Last night's results: Alabama losing. Does that push? Or maybe maybe the answer is none at all. But does that push Saban further to retirement? Because he got out coached by damn Jim Harbaugh. Does it know. push him closer to to revenge tour 6.0, whatever the hell we're on now? Or is <laughs> is it just absolutely no effect whatsoever? Thoughts thoughts this, on that? This is like Grateful Dead and Company. Like this is like the the 13th live album that, that <laughs> Nick Saban's putting out. Re- revenge and Co. Um, no, I I I actually don't think he's going anywhere. I think he had he won the championship and and like. Because I, w- I think it's fair to say had they won the national championship this year, which, again, they were a couple of plays away from maybe playing Washington in the title. Mm-hmm. I think had they won the national title with what is probably his best coaching job, I-, I think you would then say that's a reason why he might walk away. But I do think, the and I've talked to Paul Feinbaum about this. I know you have as well. 
and I've talked to people around the program, the only thing that will get Nick Saban to retire is if he is not the best anymore. And whether that's him sort of judging himself on his own daily standard, or if it's just like his team can't win the championship anymore. And it's been, oh my God, gasp, three straight years without a championship. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think he's back next year because I think this team is loaded next year. I think what this playoff does for me as an SEC fan, and if you want to take the entire season and look at the returning starters and look at Ole Miss going for it and look at Missouri returning a lot, look at the quarterback play from Nico at, for Tennessee and Texas A&M hiring Mike Elko and and LSU getting Gus, uh, Nussmeyer up to speed. I, I think it tells me that next year is going to be a it's going to be awesome. Include tech, bring in a 10 win Oklahoma team and a Texas team that was also one play away from the national championship game. And you is, put all that into one league, it's going to be spectacular next year. Is there anything more pathetic than Lane Kiffin, though, during these games? Like his thirst for that Alabama job while he's finally assembled a roster that could compete for a playoff and a national championship. And he's sitting here, go, Bama. Run, Jalen, run. No, don't run. No, just run up the middle. You know, I mean, I, he's having fun with it, but we Lane, we know. We know, Braid, and you can tell the audience. He's he's desperate for that job that he'll never oh, get. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the deal. He would never get the job if the current people deciding on the job are in charge of the job. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. If there is a bunch of changing at the top of the Alabama power structure, if and when Nick Saban does retire, then there could be a chance that Lane Kiffin gets the job. So the real question then is, Brayden, does he take the Florida job next year or does he wait for Nick Saban to retire and maybe those people change and he can get his dream job? What, what, if you were Lane Kiffin's agent, Jimmy Sexton, what would you be telling him to do? Uh, tweet more. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I think I, much, much like your Twitter account. I don't take anything that is on Lane Kiffin's Twitter account. Seriously. I think it's just oh, pure perfect. Perfect. It's pure, it's pure entertainment and lovely and quite, and quite fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, no, I think Lane Kiffin is going to be able to pick where he wants to go. If he, if he wants to leave, but Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss. It's a little more dysfunctional than Florida traditionally, but he didn't take the Auburn job. So I, I don't know. I think you can, there's a lot less pressure to win at the highest levels at Ole Miss than there is at Florida. You could be fired at Florida pretty fast. Whereas at Ole Miss, if you win, if you go 10 and 2 every year, they're going to have a statue of you outside the stadium in a couple of years. So, right. But is it crazy to sit here, Brady? Because we're, you know, we're all doing it now. I, I don't know. I shouldn't say everybody, but basically everybody I've seen, we're hyping up Ole Miss now. We're hyping up what they can accomplish. What if they fall flat on their face? I'm not saying they're going to run his ass out of town, but a lot of the questions about Lane Kiffin and can he win the big game, that'll be validated. To I mean, this, this has got to be the – yes, this is the best team he's got. The path is there, but this is also the most pressure. This is the most expectations that Lane Kiffin has, has had since his Southern Cal team. A lot of people forget this. Number one in the preseason, and people will say, well, they shouldn't have been number one, scholarship, this, that, and the other. I don't even think they made a damn bowl game. So there's been once before where Kiffin has been in a similar situation, and, and that was years ago. So I'm not that doesn't dictate what's gonna happen in 2024. But this has happened once before, and he and he completely shit the bed if he does it again. And and by shit the bed, I mean I think I'm saying like nine and three next year, because this should be a really good team. If, if that includes getting your ass whooped by Georgia and, and maybe um, 
Who they play? LSU, LSU, Oklahoma, and Georgia, I think. The three. They play three really big games. Right here. I think. Boom. Wow. Oh, hey. (laughs) At October 5th, at, or not October, (laughs) November 9th, Georgia at home, LSU, at LSU, Oklahoma. I mean, if they get their ass whooped in two of those games. If they go one and two. And they lose, let's say they, let's say they get their ass whooped by Georgia. They get their ass whooped at LSU. And then they lose the Egg Bowl. That, this that's a this is well, a complete egg bowls, failure. Egg bowl. All right, pull the schedule down. I'm tired of leaning. Um, here here's the thing that they 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 play Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, and Georgia are the big ones from like a talent perspective. And if they go two and two in those games and they beat Mississippi State and they go ten and two, I would say that is expectations. So I don't think shitting the bed is nine and three. We're going to get to Missouri in a second. Um, Jeff and Jeff, two different Jeffs there, by the way. M-I-Z. They just went ten and two. But but here's the deal. Or Eleven and two. But they're but they should not like I think expectations and we're going to talk about this. I you with Texas coming into the league with also a very loaded roster next year, Alabama and Georgia I think are going to be better than they were this year in theory. There is no way you can argue that Ole Miss is better than the fourth best team in this conference next year from an expectation standpoint. Oh, I can. And Missouri I, same same thing it. for same thing for Missouri. I think you lose Trader, you lose a few other pieces, but still bring a lot back. I think ten and two is still a reasonable expectation. So nine and three is not shitting the bed. Nine and three is not meeting expectations. Six and six for Missouri or Ole Miss would be shitting the bed. Seven and five is taking a dump where you sleep, but not nine and three, not for Missouri and not for Ole Miss. Not when you now add Texas to the top tier and Oklahoma to that other tier. That's in this group of teams. That's like LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. Like one of those teams is going to pop up and be really good. And when they do, that puts a, that puts more pressure on teams like Ole Miss and Missouri to compete at a higher level. So I just don't – if you're talking about tiers, it is Alabama, Georgia, and Texas at the top of this league next year. Coming into the preseason magazines, I mean, Texas could be top five preseason next year. So I think Alabama and Georgia could be preseason top five next year. You are Jimmy Sexton hyping up he's getting – oh, let's give him a break here. We're – we're going all in on 2024. If we go eight and four, eh, we're a little old Ole Miss. I, I think Missouri, Jeff Jeff makes a great point. Missouri will be in the conference title game. We have a weak schedule with only Bama being a toss-up game. I think that's the key here is Ole Miss and Missouri's schedule, and this is going to be the new thing that everyone has to adjust to. We don't automatically get the same schedules. We don't get the division schedules anymore. There's teams you're going to miss on your schedule where Missouri and Ole Miss could benefit from that. Teams like Kentucky and South Carolina and Arkansas can benefit from that. The schedules are going to be imbalanced from now on in the SEC, which I think is okay. You just got to you just gotta figure it out. And because Ole Miss and Missouri don't have as many huge games, there's a chance that if things come together, they could end up in the conference title game. But – uh, if you're asking me to pick who makes it to the conference title game, it's Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> right. I, I do think, though, moving forward, I don't think anyone's going sh- to – maybe that's a step too far. I was going to say no one's going to care. That's not the right – but I don't think – I don't think old Miss fans are sitting here saying, man, can we just make the SEC championship? I mean, I, I hate to say it. I think that's – that's not irrelevant, but it's close. I, I think what they're looking at is let's make the playoff. I right. think that's what everybody's looking at. So I don't care who's in. I, I would almost not even want to go to Atlanta if I'm Ole Miss. That's I, just an I, extra I game. Let's just go to the play. So my question to you. But, if you're, not, Ole, but you're not 11-1, and one, though, and getting left out of the championship game. You'd have to be 10-2. and two. If Ole Miss does not make right? the playoff, it's a failure, in my opinion. 
I don't think it's a failure, but I, I agree that that's their goal. I, I agree that that's the bar that they're setting for themselves. And my argument would be, I, I, I don't think that they have the depth one to 85 that teams like Bama and Georgia. And I, I think Michigan, Ohio state, you know, uh, when USC is recruiting at the highest level, I mean, Texas is recruiting at a top 10 level. Texas's roster is going to be better than everybody else minus Georgia and Alabama in the SEC next year. And if Ewers comes back, which I think he's going to, I, I, I just think you're at, I mean, the schedules are going to be brutal. So there's going to be a bunch of losses. Could Missouri and Ole Miss both get in at 10 and two without having to play in the SEC championship game? Uh, absolutely. But I don't think nine and three is, is shitting them. So if you're asking me about Kiffin's future, it's like he would have to go six and six for them to even have a conversation about him. Same with Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. So, well, the good news for the rest of the SEC is Texas. Their coach is still Sarkeesian. So, I mean, I'm not impressed, man. I mean, month to prepare. That's what that's what you came up with. I mean, they they scored thirty points, thirty one points. So, and I had mean, the ball. They, I was not impressed with their final possession. I thought those that was unimpressive. They didn't lead but, the entire game, Braden. I thought Quinn Ewers played his worst, one of the worst games of the season. Um, his quarterback, he was just off the entire night. Like as good as Michael Penix was at at his accuracy and his timing, Quinn Ewers missed open receivers. Like I, I don't know. They ran the ball over seven yards to carry. Like I don't think Steve Sarkeesian was the problem until the end, where on the last possession you've got four shots at the end zone, and like one of them's a swing pass to a running back, and the other one is like a, basically a giveaway play. You didn't get him on the run at all. You had one good throw to the end zone. I thought that was a, a, I had a problem with Sarkeesian on a, from that standpoint, but I, I don't know. I, I think Sark's Sark's a pretty good coach, and they went twelve and one and won their first conference championship since two thousand nine, and they were one play away from the national championship game. So I, I I don't I don't think it's time to be you know throwing babies out with the bathwater. So um. I do think we can talk about some of these quarterbacks if you want to and get excited about next year. Sark's got a worse record than Jimbo after three years. <laughs> I think A&M fans were the most happy last night. I, saw, I, I, saw oh, I believe graphics, it. I believe you know? it. Can you imagine Texas having to – can you imagine A&M fans, Texas, playing for a national championship in Texas A&M's backyard in Houston with moving to the SEC next year and taking all the headlines away in the state of Texas? I, that that would have been as bad a situation for Texas A&M as it could have possibly been. So I agree they they were rooting as hard as possible for Washington. So, but hey, we got. I can't least... do but I can't do the Bucky's thing. My wife wants to do it all the time with the kids, and I'm like, I just don't need to go to the largest gas station in the history of the world and eat meat. It's just not my thing. It's not mm. my thing. It's not my thing. Have you been to one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Their gear is everywhere, and the great marketing campaign. I love the marketing campaign, but man. I think they have one on Auburn's campus, as I've been told many times. I won't times. do it. I won't do it. Uh, maybe some beef jerky. Maybe I'll go get some beef jerky. But I don't you normally know, eat gas station meat. It's just as like a, like a life principle. It's just not a thing I don't do. You know? Ooh, okay. So chicken on a stick. You're not a chicken on a stick kind of guy? I, I From like a good dive joint that's like in the neighborhood that I trust, yeah. But I don't know about a interstate gas station. John says, "Is Bucky's worth it? You got, you got to go. You got to go once." But I'm, once, I, once I, te- I tend to lean more. It's just, it's not worth the hype. That's what my, I'm saying. In That's my opinion, saying. but it's, it's worth, it's worth going to. Oh, Bo's right about this. The Bucky's bowl is coming. That is absolutely true. That, that is a million percent true. They, they've, <laughs> well, they've got a brilliant put, marketing we, department. We've got to put it in Alabama, right? Like instead of the Birmingham, Birmingham bowl, bowl, it should be the Bucky Bowl, <laughs> the Birmingham say- Bucky's bowl, or something. 
I was gonna say play it at Bristol Motor Speedway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd there. go up there in East Tennessee. Uh, okay, so quarterbacks. I, I'm gonna I want to get Garrett Nussmeyer out of the way so he can spend some time on Nico. Um, I do think Garrett Nussmeyer getting all the reps, and we didn't have a chance to talk about this because we weren't on the air last week. But Garrett Nussmeyer getting all the reps with the ones. Uh, I think having to play against a, 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 an okay, solid, well-coached Wisconsin defense, not nothing special, but okay. No, you have not missed uh, the Tennessee discussion, Michael. We're coming back to that in just a second. I want to get LSU out of the way because I think LSU, because they are losing so much next year. I, and they, I, you know, they just lost one more. Uh, Makai Wingo just declared for the draft. They are losing so much top-end talent. Now, Brian Kelly's recruited well. But they're losing so much top in talent that I think a lot of their chances to be in that top tier next year are dependent on Garrett Nussmeyer. And I think getting the experience of the practice with to to be the starting quarterback in, in practice with the ones and and going and playing in a bowl game and getting reps against a good, well-coached defense like Wisconsin, I think is absolutely uh, critical to LSU's success for next season. I, I don't see playoff caliber LSU, but they've always recruited well enough and Brian Kelly's a good coach. So the defense has to take a major Is Matt step House forward. still the defensive coordinator? Uh, that's a that's a concern. and I'm selling stock. Uh, and and uh, credit um, I don't know if you follow this guy or not, Braden, but he does a hell of a job for uh, his own publication. It's called Read, Read and Reaction. His name's Will Miles. He covers Florida Gators. And uh, he wrote an article and it talking about uh LSU. I th- it was pretty interesting, but but basically, he compared it to that last great Florida team under Dan Mullen that was all offense. Defense was god-awful. And then much of that offense the following season went on to the NFL. So you're kind of – in college football, it is what it is. You're kind of reliant to where and, – and he paralleled it to this LSU team. LSU's defense is going to have to take a big step up next year because naturally – you're just as good as Garrett Nussmeyer could be the best quarterback in the SEC next year. And I don't think he will be, but he could be the best quarterback in the SEC. He's probably still not going to be as impactful as Jaden Daniels. So they need that defense to take a big step forward. That didn't happen, obviously, under Dan Mullen, and the whole thing came crumbling down. So I'm that's not to say LSU is is going to be awful and they're going to fire Brian Kelly, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of out on them, Braden, with because because they'll need a massive jump there. They're losing so much on, like you said, and this, this, you know, it may not be fair to have this blanket of a statement, Braden, but I just, because Garrett Nussbrand, let's give him credit. He come back, big arm. He's got a NFL arm, whatever the hell that means. But I, I mean, he's, he's got serious arm talent, Yeah. but I would just, in today's college football, I would never, 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 even if I had damn Peyton Manning, I would not have a quarterback that can't run the ball because you're you're essentially playing ten on eleven every time you take the field. And, and again, Garrett there are Nussmeier, certain guys that are there are certain guys that are good enough. Garrett Nussmeier is not one of them. But yeah, I I, get I, I I'm just I don't know. I, I mean, I just I would only recruit quarter, and that doesn't mean everyone's got to be Jalen Milrow or, or Jaden Daniels or anything like that. But just a quarterback that could be a true threat. To, to hit you with his legs on third and eight, third sure. and seven, something sure. like that. I think you have to have that in, in, in this I, gauntlet that the SEC is going to be. So, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like uh, if they win nine games next year, LSU, 
me throw up their schedule real quick. If they win nine games, and, and considering they play Southern Cal right out the gate, they play UCLA fourth week of the season, their first SEC game's at South Carolina, which I don't think South Carolina's going to be very good next year, but you never know. Could be a night game. Williams-Brice, you lose that one. We're in real, real trouble. If they go nine and three, I think yeah. that's this is a hell of a year for LSU. There's so a I, lot of winnable games on that schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Ole Miss could could kill you. There, there's also a lot Alabama, of losable. Games. There's, a lot of lose, there's a lot of losable games on that schedule as well. Um, here, here's what I'd say about LSU. I, I would not have them, and we can discuss tiers to some degree. But I think the top three teams, from an expectation standpoint, are the same as this year, which is Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. I think the next big group of teams includes Ole Miss, Missouri. LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. And I, two or three of those teams are going to go to the bottom of that group and, and be not as good. And two or three of those teams are going to move to the top of that group and excel. My gut feeling right now is Ole Miss and Missouri have that opportunity and that LSU and A&M are going to be at the bottom of that tier. That's my, again, I ha- we, ha- we haven't looked at depth charts. We don't know what the rosters are going to look like. We don't know what the transfer portal is going to do after s- spring practice. Like we've got a long way to go before we put our, our, our magazine together at Athlon Sports and actually do the rankings. But I agree. I would actually compare it very similarly to going from Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton. Like the way Tennessee fans last year just assumed that the quarterback play was going to be as good. And I tried to tell you guys all summer that's impo- that's unfair. It is unfair to ask Garrett Nussmeyer to replicate Jaden Daniels. It's unfair. It's just, it's just not. And so I, I think... They have to be significantly better in other areas, as you have said, Michael, if they want to get back to a 10 win season. And I think nine and three is again, I think eight and four, nine and three is about right for next year's team. The question is, is is that good enough in year three at LSU? And I think there is some context in that they are in a rebuilding year, but you can't have too many of those at LSU. You, you've got to be able right. to turn it, you got to turn it around fast. And at some point, and again, maybe it's, I don't know if fair is the, the word we want to use here, but new era, NIL portal, you know, we're all trying to navigate it. I think it's fair to say that LSU has, I mean, hell, I would th- I would assume they have an NIL like Ole Miss, but I don't, I don't know if they do. And they're, they've, they've misevaluated horribly in this last year in the portal. And, and some of that's injuries, some of that's suspensions, which is, again, maybe that's not fair to critique, but if they do that again, they misevaluate the portal again. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this this is going to be a rough season. And, and Brian Kelly's has said it. I th- I think he said he said year three is the year. I think he said that at media days. Don't put this <laughs> way championship caliber. That's when I was like, oh god, I'm gonna look like an idiot. And they, I was the first week of the season. But had they had a competent defense, and I'm not even saying an elite. If they if they had Tennessee's defense this year. They they would have been in the playoff, I think. Uh, maybe Tennessee's defense had some some moments of like shitting down their leg against Florida and Missouri and all the best teams. Which brings Arlen's question is great. I agree, Miz is playoff bound, but does making the playoff make you top tier? And I would say no. I would say it does not. And we've had yes. this argument. We've already had this argument too many times on the show because I I think the difference between going ten and two and making the playoff and being capable of winning three games in the playoff against elite competition every week I think is a very different gap I think asking that those are two different types of teams in my opinion so does that mean the Missouri and, and Ole Miss can't win a game I think they absolutely can 
I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to get back into that dead horse that we've beaten like on our last three shows. Let's talk about Nico. Yamaliava, the quarterback. Wait, before you say that, you said Tennessee's defense sucks. No, no, they had their moments where they second shit down their... lowest points per game in the last fifteen years. That's pretty solid. They were stout against the run. I said they had their moments where they shit down their leg against Here, Florida thing, and Missouri when, and Georgia and Alabama. And this is this is the price you pay with having Josh Heupel as your coach. And I think you just got to live with it. And particularly when you have an ineffective offense at times, it's it's you're never going to have an elite defense. You're you're going to shit your leg, as you say. Well, hell, they couldn't move the ball against Georgia. Like they had one play, and then they did nothing. So the, is the defense just supposed to contain them for, for four quarters? I mean, that's not realistic. So, okay, this is a, you're making a good point. And I think watching the Washington-Texas game at, at, last night, I think should also – defense is not gone out of college football, but it is just not the way you win anymore. So I agree with right. you that, that defense has been devalued across the board. I think that is a valid and smart point. You, you have to have a great offense to win in college football. But like even Washington last night, timely stops when they needed to. They bent, they bent, they bent, they bent. They never broke. And so you still have to have some of those moments in a game. And ultimately, I think you can win with all offense. With Like, let's say Ole Miss and Missouri next year are just all offense because of, you know, Burden and Cook and Dart and Judkins and all these guys. I still think that can win you a game in the playoff. I don't think it can win you three in the playoff. I think you have to still have great players on the other side. Now, the reason I would be excited if I'm Tennessee is not just about Nico. I think Nico, we can discuss how calm he looks, how poised he looks, how different it is to be the number one guy in practice for a month and then be know that you are the number one starting quarterback going into a game. And he looks calm and poised and fluid beyond his years and has got the potential to be to live up to the hype i think all of that is valid i think the arms there the 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 the, the sort of the, the composure's there the athleticism's there he needs to put on about 20 pounds worth of bucky's pork chops and he'll be good to go next season but i think the reason tennessee can compete at a higher level is less about nico and more about the rest of the roster continuing to get better under josh heupel's development that that is the key. The, the defense has to stay as good as it was and get deeper, especially in the secondary, the the, the offensive line, the receiving core. Like you got to continue to build around this guy, and if you can continue to build around him, you can point to like, all right, let's say nine wins next season, and then the next year you're going, all right, playoff. And if Nico's so good that he lives up to the Peyton Manning level of hype that he is going to get this offseason in our state, then there then all bets are off you could be playoff bound next year. And you know me, I'm not, I know I'm not prone to hyperbole on Tennessee quarterbacks. So yeah, yeah you I'm sure not, do hate them. I'm not, you hate them, but uh, so, why can't it be both Braden? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be this hell better roster, better defense, potentially elite quarterback. Uh, could, it would help if they have some receivers that could get some separation. <laughs> I, I didn't see that this year, but uh, yeah, I mean, why not? They're bringing back damn near everybody in the line of scrimmage. I, 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 I think, I think, I think Arrow, Arrow pointing way up for Tennessee. I agree. And they, you're, they I completely agree. Before you even say it, they don't got Georgia's roster. They don't got Bama's roster. They can't win anything of significance. <laughs> but 
you can close that gap just like Mr. Michael Penix if you are, are elite at quarterback. And again, I agree. I agree. I, Nico just it, scored four touchdowns in his first start against an allegedly elite defense. Uh, they looked okay. They it, didn't have didn't have their two best players on defense, but yes, I agree. It doesn't matter. He looked great. So yeah, toasted their ass. So I can't wait to see what he does in the SEC with a full, uh, you know, off season and and everything that goes with that. And, and again, he he's just going to get better. I think so. Um, he he is far from a finished product. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, why not? I, I think Tennessee has got massive uh, dude, potential. If you are sitting here, if any human is making the case for Missouri and for Ole Miss to be quote unquote playoff contenders, then I think you have to include Oklahoma, Tennessee, and LSU as well. And of those three, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and LSU, I would lean towards Tennessee. Now, Oklahoma has Jackson Arnold, their five-star true freshman that's going to be the guy next year. He got his entire reps during the bowl game, and that's a whole deal. Same thing with Garrett Nussmeyer. Part of the reason I like those three teams to be the teams that can challenge, in theory, is that they've all recruited very well, and they all have young quarterbacks taking over that could develop into a star. I think Nico's the most talented of the group, and I think his offense is the most effective of the group, and I think the defense could be better than the other two, Oklahoma and LSU. So I lean Tennessee in that group. A&M is a wild card because Mike Elko has a lot of talent, but I, I think they're at the bottom of that list. But if you told me Ole Miss, Missouri, and Tennessee are the three teams challenging the Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, Texas thing at the top, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, if I'm putting the magazine together right now, it would probably be Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Texas 3, and then it would be Ole Miss, Missouri, Tennessee in some order, and then Oklahoma, LSU, A&M on the next tier. That, that's probably how I would do it. Yeah, shout out Michael Palmer. As he said here, I've seen this multiple people, so it's not just me saying it, Braden, but they're saying uh, Pierce, J James Pierce, the top pass rusher prospect, not in the upcoming draft because that, that wouldn't help Tennessee, but in the following <laughs> right, one. Right. Uh, so, again, I don't, I don't know if that's accurate, but I've seen multiple credible people Charles Powers, I think is his name, sure. on three. No, Pierce is uh, Jesse Pierce is Simonson, who, got, who I respect mightily. Uh, I mean, the, if he's if he's, I don't want to call him Will Anderson. I hate comps and everything, but you know, if he's if he's elite pass rusher, money year. He kind of has some like Will Anderson, uh, like Gumby off the edge skill set. Actually, right. um, I, also the best defensive back for the Volunteers probably as well. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the slim makes the point for Tennessee ultimately is how much of that top five class from two years ago, how much of these top classes that hypo, how many of those guys get into the starting lineup. And as they get into the starting lineup, the team gets better overall. And when the team gets better overall, that's when you can start competing at the highest level. And in the short term, are they good enough to sort of replicate what they did two years ago, which is go 10 and two. And if they go 10 and two and Nico's as good as, as his talent indicates and his recruiting ranking and his hype as indicates, then they can absolutely make the playoff. There's no different than Missouri or Ole Miss. They could all be 10 and two. And if they go 10 and two, they're going to make the playoff. Did you see what Hendon Hooker said about him? <laughs> no. What did he say? He said, he's the chosen one. He's talking about Nico here. So uh, I, I'm excited for it. I, this is so much better. Then had he been a complete flop in that bowl game and Tennessee fans for nine months would have to worry about. Oh, it's going to be unbearable. If Heupel was a one-hit wonder. Instead, it's 8-4. That was the one year off. You know what I mean? I, and, uh, didn't, didn't I tell you this all year? 
<laughs> I tried to tell you this all year. This was a maintenance year and for I, Tennessee. Again, I'm not going to bash Joe Milton because I, I, I think he did some nice things. And I think he was basically who I thought he was. You know, not elite in the SEC, not bottom. I exactly. Had him, I had I put him number seven, I believe, in my quarterback ranking. So I think that's it's about right where he was. Um, but it just the thing with him, and and it just seemed like nothing was um, like smooth. I, I don't know how to explain it. it was, everything was hesitant. Everything was. It, it didn't seem like he had a great feel for the game. And, and now he did. And and you just trashed him all offseason for it. He had that feel in the Clemson game. I don't know what it was, but he because it's he, not a real football game, you jackasses. Stop, stop making bowl games real football games. They are maybe practices. maybe that's what it was. You know, it they was no practices. It, did, it didn't matter if he got killed in that game or if you won big or it just didn't matter. You know, the sure. pressure wasn't on. Whereas it, it, I don't know what. Now I say all that because when when I watched Nico, it was it just seemed like completely at ease. Like, it just seemed like he – even at times I was like, why is he not throwing it near the goal line? He had a guy there. He scored a touchdown. It's like yeah. you can't no, his, argue with results. You know what I mean? He And, it, and it's and it's still it, – I don't even think the offensive line did a great job protecting him. And a lot of it no, was they, on his they shoulders. Not. They did not. Uh, which, is, which is just unique for a true freshman making his first start. I guess he also an alleged to, great defense. He, he also needs to throw the football away faster. He needs to learn how to go through his reads quicker. There's a lot of work to do, but the mm -hmm. talent is there. The most impressive thing, though, it's not the the sort of the fluidity in the pocket and the quickness, athleticism, or the big arm. All that stuff's important, and it's why you get ranked as the number one player in the nation. Again, there's been a lot of hyped quarterbacks for Tennessee. Like you can go down the list of Tyler Bray, Eric Ainge, Casey Clawson, uh, Jarrett Garantano. You got. Uh, Joshua Dobbs was a, a four-star recruit who actually probably did live up to his, his recruiting ranking, but none of these guys were number one player in the nation. Good. The way Peyton Manning was ranked. This is the only guy since Peyton Manning that is the number one player in the nation and coming to Tennessee to play. So the hype is going to be Peyton Manning level esque in the state. The, the reason I think I'm optimistic about him living up to that expectation is his composure. There's plenty of things he's got to work on, but it is about the composure and the and the how poised he is against a very good defense, and the, that that sort of asset to his game when you package it with six six and an athletic with the big arm, like it's the it's the ability to sort of stay calm and and have the games the game's going to get slower for him. It's just going to get slower for him, and so the question is how how fast <laughs> how fast does it slow down? <laughs> It's yeah, just, it's you put question. you put any stock in uh, you know the team having more confidence and just the belief that with Nico that they can beat anybody because I, I I mean they'll never say but I don't know if they felt that way with the again I I think ultimately what I'm what I'm excited about if I'm an SEC football fan for next year aside from like your own team that you're excited about is that we have really, really good, exciting young quarterbacks in this league. There's a couple of really good veterans that maybe aren't elite but are good enough to win on any given Saturday, the Graham Mertzes of the world. But Jackson Dart, Carson Beck, Jalen Milrow, Quinn Ewers, Jackson Arnold, Nico, Garrett Nussmeyer, Brady Cook is a great player. Like There is great quarterback play in this league, and it's great quarterback play at the best teams. That's the other thing. It is Georgia, Texas, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Missouri. Those are the best teams, and they all have 
likely Oklahoma to the best quarterbacks. And that is going to make for great Saturdays. It's going to make for great games and it's going to make for a wide open year uh, to which I would still pick Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> and we, Hey, don't discredit uh, now Jeff Levy at Mississippi state. He's like a quarterback whisperer. So, you know, if he can get, what's his name? Blake Chapin. If he, if he can get the most out of him, uh, Bobby Petrino, Say what you want about them. I think all Good three A yep. and M quarterbacks this year that played, I think they all had their best seasons. South Carolina's over the moon of Lenore Sellers. They're telling me he's better than Nico already. I like I, it. I, I, like I missed it. his bowl game. Didn't, uh, Hugh, didn't get all that practice. Didn't get all that practice time that Nico got. We know Hugh Freeze when he's not, uh, you know, focused on recruiting can coach a quarterback. Did you say Mertz? I apologize if I missed it, but he, but he was. He blew me away, but I I I didn't I thought he would be bad. He was arguably the best player on their offense. Yeah, uh, Ewers did look mediocre. Uh, Uraldo, uh Ewers did look mediocre last last night. That was the worst game he's played maybe all season. Um, he was just off. He also I think I'm pretty positive he got a head injury in that game, and they put him back out there. So I don't know about that. And yes, absolutely, Jalen Milrow is one of the best quarterbacks in America. He finished what fifth or sixth in the Heisman voting. Yep, fifth. He's, he, he was extraordinary uh, in his in, in his run up. He was extraordinary against Georgia. He was the only reason Alabama even had a chance in the fourth quarter against Michigan. Um, the defense is pretty good too, but I th- don't don't give me anti Milrow uh, slander on the show. I will not stand for this anti. Well, he Milrow lost, slander. so he's he's garbage. He shouldn't even belong on the roster. You know how this works, Braden. Even I don't though like, who, I don't, I don't like, know, that's how it works. I don't know who's team that guy is but he'd probably take uh Miro over his quarterback probably yeah I, I would guess <laughs> i would guess uh so either either way i think ultimately like alabama losing i think is first of all they're going to be loaded next year georgia did sort of what i expected to do against florida state uh, congratulations to cody schrader on a great career at missouri just the embodiment of everything that is great about this sport is cody schrader and, and the way that they beat Ohio State was to just lean on him in the fourth quarter of, again, a game that's not that important, but it means a whole lot to him. Right. And you could tell he didn't want to take his helmet off after the game. Like uh, Ole Miss, to do what they did on offense against a very good Penn State team, catapults them into the offseason with lots of conversation about that that team. So, Nico, like Schrader? Schrader's going to be able to wear the helmet one more time. Oh, at Senior Bowl? Senior that, Bowl. He got the yeah. invite. We're going to be down there, by the way, at 440 Sports. We're going to have a whole crew down there covering it live from Mobile. 440 Sports YouTube page. Go over there. We're going to have all kinds of coverage for you from down at Mobile. So we will be down there. So make sure oh, you come, for the come on down. I'm not going. Oh, okay. <laughs> I send people to do this stuff for me, Michael. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it, it's, look, there's a whole lot of, I just think we are entering a new era with a new organizational structure, new playoff, <laughs> new everything. Look what Bo says. He said, hell, we, we would have taken Bill Rowe, but he probably would have gotten hurt. He's an A&M fan. Yeah, that's, that's all they true. do is get quarterbacks hurt down there. That is absolutely true. Um, so, how about, so again, I think 12-team playoff, no divisions, new era of college football. Ole Miss is, is, is geared up, ready to go. Missouri has got people coming back. Alabama and Georgia are going to be excellent exciting new young quarterbacks at Oklahoma, at LSU, at Tennessee, at, at, you know, there's veteran at Florida. How much better do they get? Billy Napier better hope they get much better. Um, and then there's like all these other stories we haven't even gotten to because we're going to have all off season to do this, but like Auburn, I imagine will be better. I imagine Auburn is going to be better. This yeah, year. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't have any faith in them. I just think they're going to be better. Uh, they will take a step forward. 
I don't, again, I don't care about the bowl games. I don't care. It's Doesn't not even matter. a bowl game. How about getting your ass kicked by, New, what was it, New Mexico State? That was bad. And I imagine they'll be better than that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, Ar- Arkansas is a major question. I don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of Mississippi State. I don't know what to make of South Carolina. I think Kentucky is going to be competitive every single Saturday. I don't know how what their upside is this year. Um, but they, they have a chance to also be pretty solid. So there's a whole lot of really interesting, good, high-quality football that could take up half the playoff next year. <laughs> Wait, how about this comment? So this is a guy that says Milrow sucks. He says Carson Beck is better. He says, hell, Gunnar Stockton is better. Um, I mean, if I was Georgia, I would not trade Carson Beck for Jalen Milrow. But if I was Alabama, I would not trade Jalen Milrow have, for Carson Beck. Mm, who, who played better in the SEC championship? You, you remember that? was not that long ago. Yeah, Maybe. I believe it was the guy that won the game uh, in the fourth quarter. So. Carson Beck, zero touchdowns. I mean, Jalen Milrow was fantastic the entire most of the season after the South Florida benching. So, right. anyway, anyway, the, the point is talk. there's a ton. Even that, even with the SEC being eliminated from college football this year, and the SEC not having a dog in the national championship hunt, uh, I still think th- there was a whole lot to get excited about in this bowl season. And um, look again, so many, so many great quarterbacks mixed with good teams, mixed with a new schedule, mixed with two new teams, mixed with a new playoff. We got a lot of stuff to discuss this offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. Who's I'm excited get, about it who's already. Getting, who's getting fired first? We doing firings yet? Sure, it's never too early. It's Sam Pittman and Billy Napier and Shane Beamer. Those three are on the Ooh, hot seat. Beamer, huh? It's those three coming in that need to have a good year. They all have to have a good year. Hmm. Milrow if, is a tight end in the NFL. He's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> what if Kentucky sucks? I think that's a problem. Would Stoops get on the hot seat? Uh, he's not. He's not a fire. It's not this year being fired. I think Sam Pittman and Billy Napier could be fired this year if they're bad. If they're bad, they could also show major improvement. Mm-hmm. I would not say. I, I think next, if if Kentucky is bad in twenty four and they're bad again in 25, that's when you can start to talk about hot seat. But otherwise, he's the most successful coach in school history. So, no, not yet there. So Okay. We, okay. we are full of it. Beck's stats were better. You guys I'm, try to be I'm, diplomatic with your takes. I'm not diplomatic. They're both great quarterbacks, and Jalen Milrow is a little bit better. I mean, I'm sitting quarter. here looking at the stat. Beck, he did have 243 pass yards, zero touchdowns. Is rating 142. Jalen Milrow's rating 155. Two Jaylen, touchdowns. Jalen Milrow was brilliant on the final two drives of the game that eventually won Alabama the game. And Carson mm-hmm. Beck was also mm-hmm. pretty good leading a comeback for most of the second half. They were, but they're both great players on great teams. I, I don't have to be diplomatic about that. I could just say the truth, <laughs> which is, which is that they're both great. So we we seen them go head to head. None of the, neither of them are Michael Penix or or. You know, neither of them are, you know, Caleb Williams, the guy. Neither one of those guys are the number one player in the nation. So that's not what we're trying to say. Right. Uh, I do. I do think Carson Beck will be a, a high NFL draft pick, though, because of his because of how tall his neck is. You know, and I would long, also say, long, Braden, long we've neck. seen uh, some fantastic football from Jane Daniels and they went head to head against. Now, I I kind of hate it when we say like head to head because it's, it's not Jane Daniels versus. Jalen Milrow, but in that game, I would, of course, he got knocked out. But Jalen Milrow was the one that, you know, I thought he looked fantastic playing the guy that won the Heisman. You you 
could tell me which which quarterback's better that day. Pretty I mean, they were both pretty close. They were, yeah, they were both elite. And didn't Milrow have like 180 yards rushing and four touchdowns in that game? Yep. Yeah, that's awful. I, I will not. I will not allow. He's Jaylen a tight Milrow's end. Slander. <laughs> I will not allow. What are we talking about? It's Jalen Milrow <laughs> slander. Even I'm let, not crazy enough to say something like that. Let all naysayers know. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Lank or whatever. Yep. Yeah, if you know, then you know. Uh, all right. Uh, either way, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great uh, next year. I can't wait for the offseason uh, to enjoy all the drama and all the takes. Uh, otherwise, we got a lot of really interesting stuff planned for you over at 440 because we're going to take deep dives into every all 16 teams. We're going to do deep dives into all the situations around the conference all offseason long. And uh, before the magazines even come out at Athlon Sports, which, again, will be out in like sooner than we think. We're already like working on it. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? Um, on the Internet. Let me ask you this, Braden. If it's oh, not fine. Georgia, if it's not Alabama, if it's you, you love Texas for some reason. Let's remove them. No Georgia, no Bama, no Texas. Who's? Most likely to win the SEC next year. You and you can't pick those three. Uh Missouri one, Ooh. Ole Miss two, Tennessee three. That would be my order right now. No wild cards, huh? Going you're going um, chalk. Well, you're, we just we just don't know. Guy. We don't know. I mean, those are all three of those teams winning the SEC would be chalk. A huge I don't know, huge upset <laughs> in my opinion, but um I, I think I just don't think we know enough about what the rosters look like yet. There's oh. going to be so much change. I know. That's why it's fun to speculate. There's going to be so much change. I, I, but I think it, who's got their quarterback back, their coach back, and their stars back, mm -hmm. and, the, and the line of scrimmage coming back, I, I think it's it's Missouri and Ole Miss. I don't think there's any reason to think that. I mean, they they lose a couple of big pieces. Missouri, obviously, losing Cody Schrader is a huge deal. But those and two, this the, could, schedule, this the schedules could, help them out too. So This yeah. could all change with declarations, with portal, with coordinators. Bingo. With Brian Kelly off to Michigan, this all could change when Lane Kiffin takes the LSU job in three weeks. I like that. That would be great for content. Um, <laughs> I, I think because I think Harbaugh is gone. I think Harbaugh's Harbaugh is absolutely gone. Right. So that that is naturally going to have like what if it's uh, again? I don't think it would get to this point. But what if it's Mark Stoops, Michigan coach, or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like. There could be dominoes that we that no one sees coming. Uh, hell, I don't know. Maybe they call Josh Heupel. I don't think he'd take it or something. You know, I mean, it, it could be could be someone we have no idea who. And, and or what if it's like Lincoln Riley and then like, Southern well, Cal reaches out to to Josh Heupel? The only right, way, you know what I mean? The only way you leave LSU, I don't think Michigan is better than a better job than LSU. So I don't. Uh, Brian. The only reason Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. Was to recruit in a deeper pond with bigger fish to win that to win the one game he could not win at Notre Dame, which is the playoff game against elite competition. Mm -hmm. I, I, while Harbaugh has done a great job and has one win away from the title, I, I don't see Michigan as being all that different than Notre Dame, and LSU is a better job than Michigan. So I would I don't to me the only place you leave LSU for is the NFL. So I, I agree with everything you just said, Braden. He leaves. But Maybe he's been down here long enough where he says, "By God, I can't do this, and and I'll I'll never win this league." And we're not. And he's seeing what we just speculated. Are we going to be eight and four next year? What's going to be the reaction? Yeah, I agree. If if we trend down, 
That's the only that's the only thing that makes sense because you're 100 percent right. LSU much better job or at least path to a championship in my mind. Yeah, LSU over Michigan. Well, it's more about like can you get the elite guy? And I I, I realize the irony of saying Michigan can't do that after beating Alabama, <laughs> going going to the national championship game. But that is ultimately why he left Notre Dame was he couldn't. He was fishing in a really, really great pond, but not the top pond for players. And the top pond has got Nick Saban and Kirby Smart swimming around in it. Right now, Texas is recruiting in the top 10 every single year. Ohio State recruits in the top 10 every single year. There's only a handful of teams that do it. And right now, like you look at some of these teams in the SEC, they're recruiting like Auburn and Florida, powerhouse programs, Tennessee, powerhouse programs that are like seventh, eighth, and ninth in the SEC in recruiting. that's, That's tricky. I mean, Ole Miss is like 11th in the SEC in recruiting. The question is, and we've argued about this, is can the portal close that those gaps? And I don't, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. We're going to see. And remember when Brian Kelly got down there? What did they say? Oh, this is a cultural nightmare. This man's never no, recruited shit, the South. That shit, that shit doesn't matter. LSU. I, I may have the numbers a little bit off here, but I believe they 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 landed 12 of the top 14 in-state Louisiana just flipped. The number one five-star defensive lineman. So LSU is going to get its own, and 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 that that's that's been paramount to Nick Saban building his dynasty is going into the state of Louisiana and, oh, yeah. and pilfering it. And it that has I don't want to you never say it's not over, but they have kept that from happening this season certainly. Yeah, it's big. I mean LSU LSU could be. I mean again, I think we are in for while the sport is changing and you have to adapt and evolve with the sport changing. I think the Saturdays in the SEC are only going to be more batshit crazy. And that's that makes for fun. <laughs> like, that makes for fun, good football and good weekends, and that's why we love the game. It's why it's right. my favorite sport. It's why it's it's what it is. On any given year, there's like nine programs that could win a national championship if they've been recruiting at the right level, if they get their quarterback, and if the coach is the right guy. There's a lot of programs that could, that could go deep. So we shall see. We shall one, see. one thing to go out on here, how about this comment from David? Mike, I think he's right. I, like I think you, David's right. But your refusal to acknowledge that there is good football outside the SEC makes you look silly. We've been doing this show for no. an hour, Braden. And New Year's Eve glasses are doing that. Yeah, like, look at all this shit I got on my face. He's like, well, by golly, your lack of acknowledgement makes you well, look silly. Like, David, let me This let me is entertainment. What, what the hell are we talking about here? That's true. I'm, that's true. Am I, am I trying to be the most professional guy in the world? I mean, come on. We, no, that's my job on the what show. What an idiotic, idiotic take. <laughs> Well, no, David, I do agree. Here's the problem, Dave. You got to acknowledge and understand what my, where SEC Mike comes from. That's his shtick, man. He's just going to tell you, oh, Michigan's terrible, but I haven't watched him, and I don't know anything about I don't him. watch any of them. I don't watch any of them. That's my job on the show. I watch all 133. I watch SEC. Job. I watch every SEC game twice. There's not enough hours in the day to do anything other. If you want me to sit here and watch Washington and Michigan. I've covered, I've covered all teams and all conferences for like three market leaders for 20 years. That's my job, Mike. You do the, your thing. Right. You do the, your thing. I do my thing. That's why the show. That's why we're a married couple here, apparently, according to one yes. of the comments earlier in the show. This is an so, SEC show, damn it. That's right. We talk about all SEC. doesn't mean we can't have some perspective about what else is going on. Like how desperately Florida state wants to be in our conference. (laughs) (laughs) Those losers. (laughs) Whiny little bitch. (laughs) That's what they are. Florida state has been nothing but a bunch of whiny little broads 
It's ridiculous. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, 440 Sports for some, lots of SEC content this offseason. We're going to be here every Tuesday live at 1 o'clock Eastern time, noon Central Standard, God's time, every single Tuesday. SEC Mike and myself hanging out. So check check us out. We do appreciate it. Share the show. Tell somebody about it. Uh, and, of course, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. So Yeah, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.